With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yo! Welcome to the Anukai Tree. I'm Mick Sykes, and I'm here with your illustrious host, Chip Jack. If you're nasty. And tonight, our topic is Revolutionary 101, and we have the amazing commander-in-chief of the Black Camera Organization, Gazi Kozo. Gazi! Black power, um, y'all. Black power. We're, like, super excited, trying not to fan out. Um, Every... Every week you can catch us here on Blog Talk Radio live at 7 p.m. Um, that's Blog Talk Radio slash Anukai. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and YouTube. Um, make sure you check out those links in the description box and also check us out on IG. So we're on IG now. I finally stopped being lazy and started Instagram for the podcast. And thank you guys so much for listening in. Our viewership has really climbed up the past couple of weeks, so that's um, on Instagram, that's um, a new country, and that's spelled I, oh, shoot, I, A, <laughs> A-N-D-K-I, K-A-I, K-A-I, I can't spell tonight, I don't know what's happening to me, <laughs> um, I'm really excited is what it is, um, um, so make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, and also, um, I'm helping out another black sister the black therapist podcast is hosting their annual toy drive out here in new york city helping um black and brown children that are in homeless shelters so you can check out that link below it's a target gift registry so all you can do is pick something that you want to buy and have the kids um receive over the holiday season and those toys will be given so that link is also in the description and you can also check out the black therapist podcast hosted by nikita banks it's really amazing. Um, she's doing some great work in mental health and has amazing. So if you're looking for a black therapist, like Black Therapist Podcast is great to find when she talks to therapists like all over the country and um, brings up things in mental health. So um, you, you guys definitely want to check that out. But um, let's get into it. So Revolutionary 101, the basics of starting or joining a revolutionary movement and um Things that you need to know and look out for. So we have the expert here, in my opinion, who is 
I'm 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 just the host and the producer. Well, I'm not the host. I'm a co-host and the producer. But um, I'm gonna hand it over to Jack, and we're gonna get started. Yeah. So Ghazi, again, thank you oh, so sorry. much. Oh, sorry. Call in number. If you guys have All any right, questions for us or Ghazi, <laughs> please call in tonight at nine one four two zero five five four five eight. You can also register um, for a blog talk account as a listener. Just click sign up at the top right. Um, sign up. It takes literally a minute. It'll redirect you back to um, the Anukai tree, and you can join us on our live chat that we have going on here. Or you, if you want to speak to us live on air, you can call in. Again, that number is 914-205-5458. Bam. Okay, so Ghazi, again, we are super freaking excited, like, We've been following you since the beginning, like since you, you know, first started um, doing videos and talking while you were a member of, you know, the Uhuru Nation. Don't want to bring up any traumatic experiences, but you've been doing this situation. <laughs> you've been doing this thing for for such a for such, for a long time. You know what I'm saying? As it as it comes to you know the internet, at least the internet moves so fast, and I would say that your staying power has been extremely inspiring. And um, besides just the inspiration, it's necessary. And I'm just very grateful to anything that I can be people, our ancestors, anything that is supporting, making sure that your voice remains heard. I'm so grateful that you have been able to maintain and continue to grow in spite of all the obstacles that you deal with um, in the world based on, you know, our people's colonization. So thank you so much for continuing your work in the first place. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> oh, oh, like thank look, you we, so much. That was so kind. I really appreciate that. That's gonna push me another good two years. <laughs> good because like look, anything like, again like alive, so we need you out here in these streets. For real. So if you don't hear it enough, you heard it from us. <laughs> Seriously, because you're doing what we definitely consider the work, you know. Um, so for, for a hot second, just give us like a a synopsis on what you do so that we're not, you know, all the way, like repeating everything that you've already said in your entire life. And we can maybe talk about something new about (laughs) revolution. Just a little rundown. Okay. No problema. Um, first, thank you guys so much for having me here. Thank y'all so much. When he's a non-binary, thank y'all so much for having me here. Really appreciate that. And I uh, just really appreciate the work that y'all are doing to uh, put the revolutionary voice out there and to connect to the masses, because that is the key function um, of, you know, birthing a revolution out of this mire of, you know, colonial oppression, which is the pregnancy of revolution, right? And then it's our job to push that baby out of that oppression, woman. I picture her to be white. And we come out to black and Nubian free babies. But, um, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, my name is Gazi Kozo. It wasn't always that name, but then I found out a bitch was African. Can I cuss? Yeah. Yes. We, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I don't, I don't want to get y'all no fines. Okay, because I can't help you pay it. Um, but yeah, so my name is Gazi Kozo. And then um, long story short, just like a lot, a lot of, you know, this new generation of revolutionaries, uh, we were birthed through you know, um, an instant in time that happened, and um, the mass majority of us in this generation we might have had inklings of having certain, like, revolutionary understandings and radical thoughts, but, like, 
this is what kind of was our inertia into this like new movement. So the uh, murder of Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown is when I uh, reconnected with a lot of the past radical thoughts I had as a young person and um, connected that to uh, an action must happen. Because once you understand like, okay, I want to stop police shooting. What's the problem? Police. Okay, why are the police there? The police uh, sustain the status quo, bitch. What's the status quo? The status quo is that white people live at the expense of African and colonized people around the world and have been doing it for hundreds of years, and therefore they have the police and the military and the FBI and the CIA and all of these intelligence and violent agencies uh, to continue that status quo and to make sure that we do not rise up again and liberate ourselves from the white ruling class who runs everything. Then you say, well, bitch, I just wanted to stop the pigs from shooting us. Now I got to save the fucking world. And then it's like, yes, bitch, you got to save the world, bitch. So it is what it is. This is what it is. Do you want it or not? And I'm like, girl, I want to be free. So uh, (laughs) understanding snapped a little bit, you know, because it's a big, it's a big understanding. It's a big understanding. And um, so, you we know, snapped a, a little bit. About like, it. Oh, okay. See, that's good. We need podcasts about snap. <laughs> oh, so I was, uh, real. The snap is legendary. The snap okay. is what pushed me to marijuana. But anyway. All in all. But. Robo. <laughs> no. <laughs> But yes, so I was out in LA being a modeling agent, making that coin, doing my black homosexual thing. You know, I was this little black gay boy from Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, I did this, I did that. And I became a modeling agent. I was living it up in LA. So it was like, thank you, Jesus. I made it out of all the struggle of being a little black gay boy. Now I'm a modeling agent with a beach home, bought me a cute little boyfriend, six foot three, muscled down, thing was swinging. It was, it had a hard time getting up, but it was swinging. And um, <laughs> shout out to Tito. But anyways. Um, oh, <laughs> yes, name drop. <laughs> is that kind of nice. So, um, started making videos. But when this happened with Trevor Martin and Mike Brown, you know, it came to my understanding that this top of the lifestyle or the life was not like the life, you know, and we're trained that having wealth and having the ability to give your loved ones gifts and buy them cars and things like that, that that is the epitome of the life that you can live, right? A life of abundance of wealth where you can do for yourself and the people you love. And a lot of us want the wealth um, because we do love our loved ones and we see our loved ones suffering. And I think that that was, you know, my main objective was that I wanted to do something for my loved ones. And so when I got there, of course, I was buying my mama, you know, everything she wanted, the Jimmy Choo's, I bought my niece her first car, like all of these things. And then you see what happened to Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown, and you realize no matter all the things you give your loved ones, like they are susceptible to police violence, they're susceptible to dirty water, to, you know, oppression, to a mire of things, to the... uh you know, school to prison pipeline, to the horrific things that happen in hospitals, like, and there's nothing you can do. There's nothing, there's nothing your money can do. You know, and that's why I ha- I'm really disgusted with, like, these uh, people that sell us out, because really, what can you do with your money? If you, if you can't protect your loved ones with your money, like, what, what worth does it have, you know, okay. that these police can take them out, and you can't do anything about it. So, with the same show of love that took me to become a modeling agent to have the resources for my family, um, that same amount of love took me to the revolution so I can do what's right for my family, my community, and my nation of African people of what we actually do deserve. 
So that is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I quit my job. I joined an organization. And from that organization, I learned a lot, learned a lot of organizational principles, learned a lot about theory and political education and the science and history of revolution, the art of revolution. And I learned a lot of those things. And I also saw that, you know, through that, um, through that organization, through that uh, file of revolution um, was a bad tense of why that entity has not actually produced a revolution, right? Because it's been, it's, a rev- it's an organization that was founded in the 60s. So, you know, it has all this knowledge, but it's also seeping on something that's keeping it anchored that has not equaled revolution. And then you find that out and you say, okay, let's unplug this bitch. And then they're like, no, we want to keep it. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm out. Because remember, I came here for revolution and freedom. And that's not what you own. So I got to go out here and do this because I don't know how long I'm going to live because niggas die by 65. So I jumped Mm -hmm. ship, created my own organization with other comrades that were like-minded and really wanted um, to be free and liberated. And then we created Black Hammer, which is an organization for African and colonized people um, to join hands and to rid the earth of the misery of white power and all of its symptoms, and to usher in a life where nobody lives at the expense of another. And when my grandchild asked me, you know, grandmommy, I'm like, what, baby girl? And she say, what is white power? And I have to take my granddaughter to the museum. That is what I'm fighting for. That's what we all should be fighting for. Black power! <laughs> Black power. All right. So I, I have, you know, just a few, like, questions, because I feel like, okay, um, me and McStike tend to speak about, like, how we began our own revolutionary and radical mindsets. I remember you um, just saying that um, you had to kind of revert, if you will, to these mindsets that you had um, in your youth. Um, I know I owe a lot of my African knowledge and and just like just my like pan Africanness and all of that to my mother and you know people like my direct elders. You know, like my aunt, she's an Akan priestess, so she brought a lot of African things and put it like in our face we had an african naming ceremony it was just a bunch of stuff that made sure that we understood that we were african and that we were up against whiteness you know what i'm saying by having to work this system in whatever way we can in order to survive but to always remember regard do you think that that's important like did you get your radical mindsets from family or where did you come to understand those mindsets Black power. Yeah, I think like the same with you. It did come from um, specifically like in different ways, my mother and my father. And um, there's also my aunt who was really, you know, into revolutionary organizing and things like that. She lives in uh, New York, um, my auntie Hazel. And um, so, yeah, she would always talk a lot about, you know, what's going on in the world. And I would, and I would, as a child, I would try to get to her to talk to her about things and we would have conversations like in the kitchen just about what was going on. And it was a way that I could, you know, now looking back, it was like she was spoon feeding me, you know, so maybe I could handle what was going on or maybe it was more like, I don't think it was more like my parents would be mad at her for radicalizing me, but um, I think it was probably she wanted to spoon feed me to really see what it is. And she was probably having her own issues with, organization and being in and out of organizations and seeing the seeing the hardships of revolution so anyways um got a lot from her got a lot from my parents and then um just that being there seeing what all the things that were happening in the world 
And, um, but none of them were like, you know, and this is why you have to be a revolutionary. It was just, this is why the world's fucked up, you know, this white power system ain't, you know, the shit. But, and, you know, connection to being African and things like that. Like, there was no question in my mind that we were African, and Africa was a beautiful place. My mother always wanted to go to Africa. That was her place that she would, you know, always say is the, you know, the motherland and everything like that. So, that was no, it was no doubt to me that I was an African. And, um, and just uh, being American was always a bad thing in my home. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, in our family, we have a large family, and ain't nobody a police, and ain't nobody in the military. Because that was looked at, like, worse than being in a gang, is to, okay. like, die for this country. Because they were just like, this country is a horrible place, and, like, you are not going to give your life to it. Like, your life is very valuable, and this right. is a country that does not deserve your life, your valuable life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, that in itself built like a skepticism. I want to touch on that because I think it's important at, like as a person building a revolutionary mindset to understand the value in your life. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, and we all, we know at this point, and I'm sure my listeners have come to understand um, that brains, you know what I'm saying, to not value our lives and to at most value white people over us, you know? So mm-hmm. I would then have to ask, what are some of the steps you think that a person could take if they might not have had opportunity to grow up with parents who understood or a family who understood things as they are to even open themselves up to the information that makes a person revolutionary. Because like you said, it's not like we were spoon fed, be revolutionary. Mm-hmm. We were spoon fed the, the knowledge that would then inspire us to be revolutionary. Because when you look at the yeah. shit, it's like, okay, the shits are fucked up, <laughs> you know, and you look around <laughs> and you're like, wait, the shits are more, when you're an adult, you're like, the shits are more fucked up than I ever could have imagined. Still, mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So how, how do we reach people that, um, or how do even people do their own work to um, get to the point where they're looking, not only looking for, but accepting information that is not based in colonization? Black power, great question. So, like, (laughs) you know, we were talking about, you know, is it like your upbringing and things like that? And the number one reason why African people join revolution is through, you know, pain. And like you say, the, the whole question to be a revolutionary isn't there right, isn't among us, that it isn't a push among us, like nobody's raising their children to become revolutionaries, like, you know what I mean? And um, that actually is a um, effect of the CIA and FBI is a part of counterinsurgency and it was called the Salt the Earth Program. And the Salt the Earth Program was all about making sure that black mothers specifically, black parents or black mothers specifically, um, reared their children away from be- being revolutionaries. So uh, that's why they killed Martin Luther King the way they did, and they killed Malcolm the way they did. You know, they could have poisoned Malcolm Martin and King, Martin Luther yeah. King. They could have made it look like it was like a heart attack or something, but they made sure to shoot them, to kill them, right? And they made sure it was done in public places, right? It wasn't done in, you know, in the dead of night, and they just saw his body with a bullet in it. They wanted to show the masses of the people this is what happens if you rise up, right? So mm-hmm. our parents don't raise us to be revolutionaries, but the same criticisms of the system still prevail because you can't kill the criticism. 
you, then that's when we say you can kill the revolutionary, but you can't kill the revolution. So I think it's our job and this generation's job to destroy that lie that being a revolutionary equals your death or destroy being a revolutionary shortens your lifespan. Like that is a lie and a lie and a lie and a lie. There are revolutionaries that are living and thriving all around us all the time and whooping America's ass. But this, this media controls our mind and they tell you that these people are dictators and terrorists mm. because they don't want you to see that there are revolutionaries on the other side of the wall fighting their asses off to get this bitch down. And they're winning and they're living. Like Fidel Castro, who died in his 90s in a small island of Cuba and resisted, you know, U.S. oppression and dodged over 900 different um, assassination attempts. And you want to tell me that I'm going to have to be like Malcolm or have to be like Martin Luther King? No, I'm going to be better and I'm going to live. And I want all African and colonized people to know that we can be better than them and live and win. We can do it, you know? And it doesn't equal, you know, you going to your tomb. And again, if we all gonna die at the end of the day. We're all gonna die. Right. And I'd rather that's, that's die, you know, on my feet than on my knees. I say, I say, oh. Um, real quick, just letting you guys know questions for Ghazi that we might not even think to ask, you know, um call us at nine one four two zero five five four five eight. I done fucked up chat, y'all. And, and trying to refresh it, I turned it off, and it's not letting me turn it back on. So anybody that's trying to live chat with us, I'm so sorry. But, hey, like, Gazi is really dope. Like, it's, this is your chance to, like, talk to him. So, right. Like, He's clearly very available and open. And, and I think. And I'm sorry for messing up the chat. Like, and I think really, that one of the things that is literally even starting um, a revolutionary movement their own. That you know, and really said, and while we were getting the, he's like, you know, of course, like, we, we're like, yo, like, can you believe Gazi had the time and things of that nature? You and your people were, you know, y'all are black, y'all are trying to do the work, we're gonna come lend a hand, and I think that is the beginning, I feel like, of all things. That's the start. To me, you can't even accept decolonizing information Right? Can you hear me? Hello? He's cutting in and out. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, oh. What was the last okay, thing you heard? Now. <laughs> we hear you now, yeah. Okay. okay. It was so getting... I was just saying, like okay. one of the one of the things that. Okay. So I was saying to our, to our, we were trying to get them a call. Like you know, they might. You know, we we feel even sometimes that people that are in you know in places that I look up to might be approachable. And you're very available and open to mm-hmm. you know sharing clearly your time, your information, your knowledge, and you know just being supportive. We. You know, we are very glad to have you. We're trying not to be starstruck, but end of the day, you're like, of course I'm coming. You know, and of course I'm gonna um, call in and, and be a guest on y'all show because y'all are black and you gotta support black people. So I'm just saying, I think that one of the very beginning things that you have to adopt in order to be revolutionary is that that level of like support and wanting to be open, having yourself available to your own people. Um. 
we have a caller? We don't anymore. Oh, sorry. It's been away. Caller, call back. We don't know what happened. We was about to get you in. But um, would you agree, like, as 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 like a preliminary step, if you would? Oh yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Because you know we get a lot of you know ideas that people think that they don't even have like the capacity to to add to anything to give up their time. There's a lot of just like worthlessness that stops the revolutionary, you know. Um, what I are some actual? Right. How what what are some of like the physical steps that someone can do, um, in terms of like rallying certain people or like even like as a personal revolutionary, like start. What are some things that we can do? Black crowd, great question. So, um, obviously there's nothing to it but to get to it. Um, and you know there's all these books that you can read and some great documentaries and things like that. But uh. I need you to get to the work, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, mm. and the work actually is a huge educational um, component. It's the hugest educational component, actually, because if you're just reading and taking up theory, theory is nothing. Theory's only value is that it can be put to practice, right? That it can be scientifically proven and it can assist you in getting uh, closer to your goal. And the only way you know if theory is going to work, if working, is if you actually put it to practice, and that is through right. uh, revolutionary work. So join the revolution, join a revolutionary organization or party uh, around you and get to work. And if you, you know, want to join my organization, it's at blackhammer.org, and we're international, ready to organize any African or colonized person uh, worldwide. And we are pretty confident in our organization that we will say, if you find any other revolutionary organization, join them, because soon enough you're going to be right back to Black Hammer, Black Power. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a good plug? (laughs) Some of the things that inspired that camera, like what was the reason why, like what was the thing that made you say like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it in this way. Right. Instead of like finding another organization to join, what made you really think that you should start one yourself? Black power. Um, so I don't feel I have that much time to uh, try all of the organizations. So after that first one, you know, Mm. I did look into all these other organizations and did my best way of, like, viewing it, interviewing people, reading their constitution and uh, their amendments and, you know, their manuals, and just came to the conclusion that, you know, that uh, the best thing was to start uh, my own. Uh, One being because um, in a lot of revolutionary organizations, black revolutionary organizations, um, they either don't or are just now allowing um, same gender loving and trans people. You know, they're just really? starting to uh, let black queer people. I'm sorry. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, if you look, yeah, yeah. Like even the organization that I was a part of, like uh, that thing, that didn't become like a thing, a staple of this is our stance on it until the year that I joined that organization. Because before then, there was no, you'll find no video of them talking, you know, uh, we love the, uh, the trans and gay people, let them in, let them in, let them in. But it was through this new inertia of black people that were interested in the revolution, this new young generation. And this young generation has a lot of black queer people, okay? A lot of black people are much more free with their sexuality uh, than before. So 
if you are going to accept this new boatload of members, which equals money because members pay dues and equals your ability to have influence, right? Um, mm. You would have to bend on the queer question. So a lot of these black uh, revolution organizations that you see right now having this um, queer acceptance, uh, it's a recent thing. Even if they had it in word, it's a recent thing that it's an action now. So with that being said, when things are new, when they just started opening up their doors, they got a lot of dirt to clean out that True. negatively still are there that affects us because your policies have changed, but has the actions of the organization has changed. The words on the paper mm-hmm. may have changed, but have the actions of the people changed. And unfortunately, it's our black queer bodies that go into those organizations and it's not changed, but the beating of our bodies and the beatings of our identity, which makes us have to speak up and say, this shit is still happening, you know, is a, it's like, it's almost like you're sacrificing yourself, you know? Mm. And that's not fair. I wanted to create an organization that said that's not fair, that everybody has a fair shot and that we're starting it with the organization. And it's not just in words, it's in actions because the core membership unites with that as well. And our, you know, black and colonized queer people and women, you know, the majority of us, and so this space is equal on an equal playing field for all African and colonized people. And I wanted to, uh, yeah, so that's what made me uh, do Black Hammer and do it that way, Black Power. Amazing. Sorry if I talked it too much. No, all good. There's so many, like, within that, I have so many questions. Like, one, I wanted to ask you what the work looks like in general. I mean, that's it in one thing, making sure that, you know, if you if you are not already in um, an organization that that organization and make sure that you know um, it's more inclusive of all black people but you know starting some shit that makes sure that from the very onset it's inclusive of all black people uh, because all the shits affect all black people we just because we're SGL and because we're trans and things of that nature does not suddenly mean that we don't get oppressed the same way that y'all get oppressed we just happen to also be oppressed by cis black people so that brings a uh, Oh, I'm, I'm can I ask a question? question? Yeah. Okay, so this is my question. This is what I brought up in our last episode. I personally take issue with building with cishead people, black people, um, in like community development and community action projects. I've done it, and now like I kind of like am hesitant with doing it in like strictly those spaces. Like I'd rather build with like my trans and like same gender loving brothers and sisters than go into a cishet space and help build only to be put out of the house because of homophobia and things of that nature. And so how do you, like, how do you personally contend with that? Like, I'm having trouble and I know, like, I don't want to feel this way. Like, I feel bad for feeling like that. But at the same time, like, I'll build with you, and then at, at the end of the day, like, you take umbrage to, like, who and what I am as a person. Like, beyond my sexuality, like, I've heard, like, even from, like, other black people, like, I've heard, like, talk that's, like, de- to the point where it's, like, dehumanizing. And it's, like, whoa, but you, like, want and need me to do X, Y, and Z with you. So it's just, like, how do you reconcile that? Black power. So, yeah, I totally unite and totally agree. And, you know, um, it's the sex. Okay, so you have the black queer sector of the community, right? And then you have the black straight sector of the community. And on the left side, 
the left side is more wanting to unite with the other side, right? And on the right side, you have the right side saying they don't want to unite with that side. You right. When the outside says no, the inside part say yes. So their outside part that says, no, we don't want to connect with them are the ones that say, you know, we bati boys, they, you know, they're going to hell, uh, you know, I don't want those freaks, da 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 all that kind of stuff. They're saying no mm-hmm. on their side. Then on our that side. That we got a white disease or something like that. Yeah, all that stuff. And then on our side, our side is saying no to the straights because, you know, look how they treat us. Look how they're mean to us. You know, look at the stuff that they do to us and the violence they bring on us. Like, hell no, stay away from them. But fortunately, unfortunately, um, we can't be free without each other. We don't, we don't have another choice. And staying separate we there is no conclusion to that to revolution so we have to come to a place where we ask ourselves on their side with the ignorance saying is my freedom worth this fear and hatred that i have that towards these people that have done nothing to me or does my hatred of the oppressor matter more than anything they're gonna have to take into that and deal with it and answer that question because that is fundamentally down the road that's what it is all the other science and why they feel that way and because, you know, it lessens us and, you know, they used to do it and this, all that stuff, that's just to um, put blankets over the contradiction. Under all those blankets, there's fear and hatred, and we're not responsible for it. We didn't do it, right. you know? And who is doing it is the white power oppressor. And then over right. here with our people who are saying we don't want to unite with them, we have to say, I get it. Yes, they do hurt us. Yes, they do. All the I know, I know. It's real. I felt it. I felt that same pain when my mama kicked me out of my house because I was gay. I didn't have no place to go. I had $53 in my name and my family wasn't picking up. But I had to, let, I had to become bigger than my pain and reconnect with my mama because I want my mama in my life. Because when she dies, I don't want to feel that pain of I stopped talking to her. I had to, what, what is bigger? And we right. have to say, yes, straight people ain't shit. They've done some fucked up, they've done some fucked up shit. But ain't nothing as big as the fucked up shit this bitch over here is doing and will do. Because the way that capitalism's going, it's ending this planet. Indeed. And ain't none of these straight niggas can, can end this motherfucking planet. Ain't none, they can beat your ass to oblivion, but they can't destroy this planet that somebody wants to destroy this planet. And also, I will tell my queer black people, the number one aphrodisiac is power. Let's join these revolutionary organizations and usher in a future where we have people who are organized, the masses of people organized on our side and ready to fight and kill for us. A motherfucker going to love you if you got 10 niggas with a Glock on his head. He ain't going to call you a faggot then. Hmm. So, well, see, I think what people are afraid of... Real, real. I'm going to get your love. <laughs> right. Not to to interrupt but a lot of our community um as the the black queer community is afraid of is that we'll be the front lines and bring down you know what i'm saying white oppression with you know what i'm saying the cishet black community and then once we um you know once we win that the cishet will turn around and turn the gun on us you know i and think and then we end them <laughs> And, and the, you know what? I like, 
This is what the hell I said. I love it. Because at the end of the day, we're still the ones with the power. Let me tell you, I, think- I love my straight black people. I love my straight black people. I really, really do. I love straight black people. I love you, and don't take this wrong. But a new country girl, loves you too. You know, you know, black homosexuals and queer people that our mind work a lot more complex than these straight motherfuckers. And that Agreed. we can goop them, stunt them, steal their credit, and they won't know it for months to years. I so said. trust, if these <laughs> motherfuckers turn on us, the goop, the gag gonna fuck them up. The gag gonna the fuck them up. We're gonna say, okay, you're gonna kill us, but guess what? We know how this economy works. We running all this shit. Guess what? Little uh, queer JoJo over there about to push that motherfucking pink rainbow button and all your food gonna go off, bitch. So kill us and y'all dead in 30 days. Let's do this. Let's do this. We was rescued. We was rescued. There is a way around it. Trust and believe it. I feel it. Many days. Many nights. (laughs) I feel it. So just to paraphrase. Right. Just to paraphrase. Let me just like like put it in my own words. You're saying that we have to essentially see who the bigger enemy is and at that point at, at the end of the day have the cojones to be the bigger people in the situation like it's okay like understand that sometimes being the bigger person is draining but fuck it you can't want freedom and and and, and drain right you gotta just like mm-hmm. get the fuck up regardless like after okay you got oh you got drained because this person still could you um this is for the faggot after you help them win their case or whatever have you or you marched for them and things of that nature so what you still like what what plagues him still plays you so look at the bigger picture and be the bigger person true that black power see look and black all power. these things to be answered through organization because I don't want to say that queer black people that think that way are small I, I understand their pain and it's real and then when they put mm-hmm. it to the understanding of it's not just the present pain that I'm moving on, but what if we fight and then we free and then they turn on us? Guess what? That is a really good question and it needs an answer. So, y'all, straight people, we're going to join this revolution, going to be about it, about it. We're going we're gonna to link up with you, but we're going to need the uh, code to the nukes. And only, only us black queers can have the code to the nukes. Why is that? Because we are a minority, so, but we smart as fuck. So if we help you get this freedom... <laughs> And you turn on us, we got the code, the code to the nukes. So what you want to do? What you want to do? You know, these are things that should be that can be solved. A lot of these things can be solved through organization, and that's another reason why I built an organization because questions can be solved through organization. You know, and these are not uh, questions, these are not huge things that are that hard to fix. It's not that hard to fix. Okay, you distrust them, so let's make a situation where we're protected. Boom. What's next? Black women, you got a problem? Okay. Black women, how y'all want to come up in this bitch? Okay, that like that? Bam. We got to agree to that. Black men, y'all got a problem? What y'all want? Okay, that's fair. That's not fair, but we're going to do this for you. Bam. Okay, let's go. Let's go kick Mass's ass. <laughs> like, I love you that. know, we can solve it. And it's such, it's, um, you know, they've robbed us of many things. You know, a history, um, culture, language, you know, wealth, so much things. But they've uh, really robbed us of the ability to to problem solve collectively, to work on, to build together, you know, collectively. And because we don't do it and we haven't done it in a long time, we think it's very difficult. We think it's impossible almost because we haven't done it for a long time. It's almost like something's now wrong with us. But running Mm. a civilization is actually the most natural thing you can do. Like this is unnatural. And just like riding a bike, we will snap back. And we are so brilliant and we 
And we've been running this shit for them. We've been running this shit for End them. Of the day. And a lot of they shit they copied from us. Period. All right, y'all. So we're going to take a mini break. Um, by Chaz Giovanni. Um, we got it? Um, Diamande. Diamande. The, the name of the track. And Hello. Chaz yeah, is an amazing um, artist. We'll be right back after that. If you guys want to call in, again, the number is 914-205-5458. And we're going to come back defining the work. Give us free. Give us us free. Give us free. Your Honor, please instruct the defendant that he cannot disrupt these proceedings with such a. Give us us free. Oh, 
back by Chaz Giovanni. Man. Um, yeah, I remember when he first performed that shit. That's, that's my jam. Um, so, yeah, we are back. Thank you for sitting with us under the Anukai tree. We got 15 minutes left to really get what the work is fine. And we are here with Gazi Kozo slaying and really spreading the knowledge as we need it. Gazi, you there? Black Power. That song was so dope. Yo, Chaz is a beast. Like, oh, make sure you follow him on um, SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Yes, yes. Make sure you do. follow. Uh, make sure you follow Chaz on SoundCloud as and Bandcamp. And shameless plug: go to jipjack.com, g-y-p-j-a-q.com. Get all of your Jipjack everything from products to good music to amazing videos. Um, Google, and you'll see all of the poppingness. Um, I don't know nobody that's whack, so I got to be popping myself, right? Um, so here, okay, so give us some examples of what the work looks like. You know, like we, we, we always talk about, you know, doing the work, and I think sometimes we expect people to see people that are doing the work and be able to define it for themselves, and we just don't like live in a culture where everybody is, <laughs> to be able to find things for themselves sometimes. So, what is some of the actual work that can be done? Black power. So, um, you know, there's stages, time. So, it's a revolution. I understand that, you know, it's not the time for, you know, picking up arms and going, what I am. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of work to be done because we have to win the minds of the masses, you know? And that's why, you know, I'm not a terrorist or a part of a coup or something like that because not because of a moral issue with terrorism or, you know, a coup as far as what their tactics are, you know, but um, it's purely because they don't work. Right. I'm not a terrorist because terrorism does not work. Uh, it does not, you know, destroy uh, the oppressive beast. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, you have the people, they think if you shock the beast, if you do something crazy, right. If you shoot up, uh, you know, how they did in Paris, or if you crash a plane in a building, if you do something big and crazy enough and show them, you know, hey, we are hurting, you are killing us, and we're not going to take your shit no more, you know, stop it. If you do one of those, you know, crazy things like that, it will stop the beast, right? So that's why you see those acts of, um, those acts of terrorism, like even what happened in, you know, the Orlando uh, nightclub when the guy, he, people make it as, he was uh, homophobic, but actually he had a grinder, and he said on the phone, I'm doing this because America's dropping bombs on Afghanistan, my home of Afghanistan. That is what he said. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what white people heard or wanted to hear, but that man clearly said this knowing he was about to die, mm. that he was about to die. You don't lie when you're about to die. Because you ain't got nothing, you ain't got nothing to prove or no hoax or magic tricks. Right, who's about you to die. Right. Exactly. And he said clearly, I am doing this because they are dropping bombs on Afghanistan. This man was in pain. You looked and you saw that his family was dying in Afghanistan. So I don't, I don't know what this illusion white people want us to believe that this was done because he was homophobic. But he said he did it because bombs were dropping on Afghanistan, killing his family. His family was dying in Afghanistan. So he did that tactic. I will do something crazy and wild and let them know this is why I'm doing it. But then America has continued to bo- drop bombs on Orlando. 
I mean, not Orlando, on um, Afghanistan. Right, and, and then when they control the narrative through the media. Exactly. And then when Trump became president, he dropped the largest non-nuclear bomb in history on Afghanistan. Mm. You know, that's all because, you know, so we know that terrorism doesn't work. So I'm not a terrorist. And so I'm a revolutionary. And a revolutionary understands that the people have to thrust the revolution, not me, not just uh, five or 50 groups of people or even 50,000. Millions of people have to rise up and say enough is enough, right? And for that to happen, we have to take the consciousness of the people closest to the truth, right, as far as we can take them. Mm. And when they are to the truth and see the beast for what it is and see the chains for the paper chains that they are and are not afraid of the police, and see that the police only make up 0.23% of the population, and that the American military is getting their asses kicked in Afghanistan and Iraq by a group smaller than 40,000 members. When we come to the understanding that this beast is not all-powerful not, and not righteous, we can beat it. It's in our minds. The illusion is in our minds. So as revolutionaries, it's important for me to go around and inform the people the illusion is in your mind and get them to reality. Get them to reality. Get them to the outside of this BS. You are not suffering because of karma or because of some fake white man in the sky. You are suffering because there is a system of oppression that steals from you and gives to a handful of the white ruling class. That is why you are oppressed. That's why your grandmama got diabetes. That's why your uncle got locked up and came out and killed himself. That's why your auntie on drugs. That's why you grew up in a crack house. Like, that's why you, go, you went through what you went through and going through what you're going through. That's why you got kicked out of the house for being gay. Like, all of your issues is because of this system, because everything in your life is in your life by design. It's in your life by design. So, of course, you are suffering. And so we do that through doing these um, food drives uh, for the homeless. And we do them because we believe um, we got to get our people off the computers, get them to the streets, get them to meet each other, and get them to do something productive and educate them while we're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And you can get so many people who want to do food drives. Most of the people who want to do our food drives and come, they don't come as revolutionaries. They come as Democrats. Sometimes they come as Green Party independent. We've even had black Trumpers come. Wow. And they come to the food drive. And through the food drive, we are giving them political education about what this system is, connecting the dots for them. Then we take them out to see and look at the faces of the people that are, that, are, that are facing the worst views of oppression, that see it for what it is, right? Our homeless people, look at them in the face. Look at the Maya they're living in, right? And now here, give them some food. You're doing something, and you're being able to do something because you're part of an organization. Wow, I never thought niggas could do shit, but I'm in this organization. I'm doing this food drive. And I'm seeing all these niggas doing this amazing shit. Wow. Maybe I shouldn't be a Trumper. Maybe I shouldn't be a Democrat. Maybe I should be more united with doing stuff with my people because this is awesome. You know, mm. um, I've never seen none of, like us come together and now we're doing something good. Let's do more. You know, I want to build a yoga studio in the hood. I want to build a garden. I want to build a co-op. Those things start to birth. So that's our, that's our main seed and educating the people and giving them self-confidence, right? And um, because we believe those are the two tenors of why you're not united with revolution. 
You're either not united to revolution because of a lack of political education, or you're either, you know, not united to revolution because you don't believe in yourself and your people. You, you, you know, the system has told you your people ain't nothing, you know, and you believe that. So no matter how much wow. education you learn, you're not going to have the revolution. You know what I mean? So we, with the food drives, we hit, you know, what is it? Catch two stones, one hand. You know what I mean? Kill two birds with one stone. Boom. Right. Everything is so violent <laughs> to white. <laughs> it is. They all they all they praise is violent and everything. Um, I know. I'm like, kill the birds. Can we just hit the birds? Shit. Okay, so we are like coming to a close. We have about eight minutes left in the show, but like I do want to keep this conversation going, and I'm like, we're really hyped to talk to you and like pick your brain. We calling you about a couple of things. So would you be willing to do like after we finish to like. Like, do like a, oh, like yes, a phone yes, call. absolutely. Show. <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah. So, with the, with the last eight minutes, I really want to ask this one question. Um, do you see the revolutionary groups and organizations coming together to get things done often, or is it still somewhat divided from organization to organization? Black power, yes. We are divided, but it's division by design because right now we're right. all in the race for members and growing. Therefore, mm. a lot of organizations subscribe to the thing of people say, well, I want to join you guys, but I'm also thinking about these guys. So they have to create a criticism of those guys to get you to join their organization, right? And they have mm. to show you why their organization is the best and the others ain't. So during organizing and recruiting time, yes, a lot of us revolutionary organizations look separate. But once the revolution comes and we are on the ground now full, you know, we got our members and we're moving, we're on it, you know, we are forced in a position to work together because we all want revolution. You know what I mean? And uh, that's the same thing happened in America. You know what I mean? You had these different dynasties and sects and groups of people that didn't see eye to eye, but they wanted revolution. They wanted to get the British gone so they could have all the money that they was getting from the slaves, right? So... Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't all agree on everything. They came together and fought and pushed back, you know, the British. Then they had to make a decision, how are we going to run this shit? Because we don't get along. We have fundamental issues together, but we know that we want to we stay liberated, right? We want to be free. So they say, okay, well, let's create the presidency. The presidency will switch every four years, and we will have different political parties to represent our different dynasties and families. And we will have votes every four years. This way we don't fight it out like they used to do back in Europe, right? They used to have all these right. warlords fighting it out, these rich warlords fighting it out, right? Lost. So these yeah. billionaires and stuff, they're nothing but rich warlords. That's all they is, rich warlords. But the elections Me keep too. them peaceful. So it's a passive power of the state, of the military, right, that they're not able to have anymore. So the, the wealthy people don't have their own, quote, unquote, military anymore. They share it. Right? This also keeps them from fighting one another or killing one another. Unless if they really, really got to like they did Kennedy. But that's another that's another situation. So um yeah, so that is how, you know, the structure um is laid out. So it's gonna be the same thing with us as different political parties after the revolution, we're gonna come together, we're gonna say, Look, we just we just whoop they ass and I'm bleeding, we're all bleeding. We're all going to be bleeding a bit, right? We're not going to want right. to fight another goddamn war, especially we got to fight against six of you motherfuckers, like coming from each direction. So how about, y'all, <laughs> we just create something 
that speaks to all of us where we can all run this new revolutionary world. And uh, because if we just agree on the fact that we want to have a system that nobody oppresses anyone else, everything else we can deal with, right? Everything anything else we can deal place. with. That's true. So just like I'll white say. power, as long as we agree in colonialism, everything else we can, everything else we can fight on. We don't have to fight on, but as long as we agree on colonialism, and that's what all the white ruling sectors agree on, whooping your black ass. So, mm-hmm. I think we, where was I? Oh yeah, so again, we would create that same system and that same right. trade of power and the ability to peacefully um, trade the hands of power between the or- between those different revolutionary organizations that would come that would become political parties. Because you're only a revolutionary organization because there's a oppressor. Um, fighting you, right? But once the oppressor is gone, now you become actual entity of the government. Of the government, exactly. So it's, I mean, thank you, because I think a lot of people assume that it's going to take some, like, magical, like, like coming together before anything pops off. It's like, no, like, we just have to agree that we all have that one common enemy, and it's not each other. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's the time being, and get get the shits popping. So yeah. Um, thank you so mm-hmm. much so for being much. on our show tonight. Um, make sure you guys go to blackcamera.org and um donate, find out about the action plans, what they're doing, get involved. What's that cash app, Gazi? That is Black Camera or Cash App. I totally forgot. Thank you. And the donations go to our food drive. So make sure you like you know season. Give like give and give black. Um, give and give black. Make sure that's um, right. You guys follow you guys follow Gazi on um Instagram at Chief Gazi and Twitter Chief Gazi Make sure you um follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or also on YouTube, Instagram at um a new country. Um, make sure you guys check. Giovanni out on SoundCloud and um, Bandcamp. Those links are in the description. And please donate to the Black Therapist Podcast Toy Drive. I'll that link up as well. Um, we're going to do a little after show with Gabby, so you guys are going to get a little bit more because we do want to get um, conversation and energy going. Um, but catch us again next Tuesday. That will be our last episode of the season before our um, holiday special. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday at 7 p.m. I'm Nick Sykes. I'm Jip Jack. And you have sat with us under the Anu Country. Good night, guys. Good night. Black Power, good night. Black Power. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.